going on out there, everybody? This is your boy, comedian Marlon Ballard with the Love to Laugh podcast. I am joined by a very talented brother, Dave Tolliver from Men at Large, man. Give it up for Dave Tolliver, man. Give it up. What's going on with you, brother? How you been doing? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I can't complain, man, if I do ain't nobody listening. So we all good. Exactly, man. It's, you know, it's the quarantine and shit going on. You been keeping yourself busy? Man, you know, uh, as busy as I can, you know, in the beginning, I strictly just stayed in the crib unless I had to go to the store or whatever. But now I still stay in the crib, but, uh, you know, trying to figure out different ways to maneuver and shake a few events going on. Like tomorrow, well, uh, I'm doing something for the NAACP here with uh, Raheem Devon, Tony Terry, Case, um, Carl Thomas here tomorrow. So, yeah, man, uh, stuff is opening up, you know. We'll see what happened after the third. Um, uh, exactly. You are absolutely right about that, man. Um, you, you are one of the most underrated talents. Like I, I've probably seen in my day, man, because y'all have did y'all thing through the nineties. Y'all represented Cleveland to the fullest and it's time, it's time to get to just do. You don't even have an unsung episode. What the hell's up with that? And you know, what's crazy. Every time it's an unsung on, we in the top 10 with a couple different records. So alone or either way, use me. We in the top 10 every time. It's on when Glenn Jones was on, when SWV was on, when Silk was on. It's like we all in the top 10, man. You know, it's, it's going to come around. I, I tried to get the guys, uh, you know, because I got two different partners. My original partner, who, Jason. by the way, we, we back together. Jason, we back together recording. Yeah. Uh, man, that shit is going to be crazy. Then, you know, my other partner, Gemini Porter, you know, we did a, uh, an anniversary, a 10th anniversary of, of Gerald's death in Cleveland at the Rock Hall. And I tried to get them to come in and I said, let's film our own. And I was going to have my, my uncle Lynn do the narration and neither one of them came. So it was, uh, you know, it didn't work. I was the only one there without my group members. You know what I mean? So, you know, all the rude boys was there, all the original ones, the vert was there, you know, the new, I mean, you know, everybody has something to do with the music during that time. So, you know, uh, niggas, I think, man. I think I saw that video clip on YouTube. Y'all saying written all over your face together. Mm-hmm. Run all over your face and, and so along. Yep. And and what's crazy is out that video, three people are gone from that video. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Larry Marcus, yeah. one of the rude boys, Nina Creaky from one of the girls, and then my homeboy, like my first best friend. Uh, we call him Cloy. They called him Bebe. They all three of them gone. It was like back to back to back. So yeah, man. So, That's terrible, yeah. and, and I got to give you props because you are the one of the you're the only person I know that can hit Buddy's notes in that <laughs> written all of you. Now you just if you clinch real tight, you better hit it. <laughs> clinch like you don't want to boo boo on yourself. You better hit the notes. Man, you're 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 very talented, man. I appreciate you, man. Um, we're gonna start off with the beginnings, man. Um, what got you into singing? I know you're originally from Cleveland, right? Yeah, man. And, what, um, what got you in the thing? You started in church? What, what, I, I definitely did. I started off in church about four years old uh, at a church called St. Paul Lamy Zion Church. And uh, I eventually went on to direct that choir. And also I, I was in the youth choir. But then after that, um, that's when I started, you know, radio. So I was gone on the weekends. I wasn't in church anymore. And I was like probably about 14, 15 when I started doing that. And, uh, you know, we just started singing, man. We, uh, we would sing anywhere. We carried around this uh, Casio keyboard all the time, man, with the tape on the back of it. And we would just sing anywhere at somebody's party, 
um, at, at a rib burn off a talent show. I mean, everywhere we would just go and sing, man. So that's how I started. You know, I, I wanted to rap at first, but you know, I guess the you know singing kind of just manifested. So you and you and Jason was like buddies back then, also. Yeah, my mom and his mom were best friends before my mom passed away. And uh, yeah, you know, history just kind of repeated itself. I was telling the other day, man, I said, man, we got 40 plus years of friendship. You know, if you, if you even if you count the gap, because I'm 50, he's 47 now, even if you count the gap of the time that we weren't together, I mean, we got like almost 50 years of, you know, friendship, man, uh, on, on together on this planet. I said, now it's time for us to uh, make make it make it work, make all the dots connect again and come back bigger and better. So yeah, man. Man, that's that's rare. Damn near fifty years of friendship. Damn near. Man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, because you know they grew up together. My mom, his mom, they grew up together. So you know, um, just history kind of repeated itself. When we were kids, he was always at my house, or I was at his house, and you know, then when I started driving first, of course, and you know, he just hung with me, and we were just everywhere together. So you know, life life has a way of. Uh, I tell people be careful what you uh you know what you what you what you do period you know because it it, it will repeat your kids repeat it because I mean for me history kind of repeated itself my uh grandfather he just to, real quick when my grandfather took a choir to sing for President Roosevelt and me and Jason toured with Bill Clinton to the back black colleges when he was running for president his first term so you know History kind of, you know, repeats it, you know, kind of repeats itself. It did for me. So, yeah, man. Man, that's that's a crazy ass story. Yeah, so y'all was touring with Bill Clinton. And so y'all yeah. in front of sold out crowds. In the motorcades. The only thing I didn't like is they all they fed it was, was Popeye's chicken. <laughs> cats, had, cats had blood all in their stool and all. <laughs> Yo, it was uh it was it was us, the rude boys, and um Yolanda Adams. It was dope. It was dope. Man, and, and y'all being one of the you know, Cleveland, so much talent has came out of Cleveland because like you said, you got y'all, you got the rude boy, you got Bone, you got also Arsenio, Steve Harvey Clans Cleveland. Everybody Vaughn. It's it's so much talent that comes out of Cleveland. And I still think Cleveland gets overlooked when it comes to that. I'm like, do y'all know who all came out of just Ohio? Period. And it's and, and then, you know, if you if you look in the TV industry, man, there's so many people from Cleveland and mainly from the Shaker Heights area in the TV yes. industry, man. That is it's crazy, man. It's a lot of people. I think you know, but you know, there are a lot of successful people that that are in uh, background positions and people tend to favor the stars over the cats that hold everything together. Because if you didn't have those good background people in the background, man, uh, then the front wouldn't look good if they weren't holding up the back. You know what I'm talking that's about? That's true. Yeah, yeah, man. That's that's very true. It's, so you pretty much started off, You so you pretty much got your, got your wings when you started touring with, with, with Bill Clinton in the motorcade. So pretty much well, how, what, what, how did you run into Jerry LaVert? Uh, well, like when we were running, like I was, you know, I worked at ZAK in Cleveland for when I started, I was 15. Cause you know, I call him my dad, but my uncle's Lynn Tolliver. So he got me started off. I was like 15. He called me one day and said, David, I need you to come in and work tonight. Cause BJ got fired. Um, and so, you know, Jeffrey Charles was on the air back then. If you remember all that stuff and he was also a singer and he had uh records out and he had a concert that night. 
And then he had an after party at his house and Gerald came to the after party. But I had already known Gerald because my mom worked for the government full time, but she worked for a record store in Cleveland called Fillmore East. And uh, Gerald used to come up there all the time. So I knew him when I was a kid, not really like that, but he was more cool with my mom and with Beverly, the lady that owned the store. So uh, back to where I was at, Gerald came to the uh, after party at, at Jeffrey Charles's house and everybody was like, sing, 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 sing. And so we sang, uh, you know, like I said, we always carried around that dog on the ratchet keyboard with the yeah. tape on the back of it. And uh, after we finished singing, he was like, yo, I'm gonna hook y'all up. Now this was 1986. We didn't see him again till 1989. And uh, at that time, me and my guy I was telling you about that passed away, my first best friend. Yeah. We were uh, dancing for Johnny O and the Sorcerer Crew when he was rapping and DJing back in the day with his two Craig Bills and them and Casper C. And uh, we were walking out the studio from rehearsing and Gerald was coming and he said, yo, I got this idea for three big dudes that can sing, dance, this, that, and the third, da, 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 da. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, I think it was the following week, uh, we went up to the studio and, uh, you know, Gerald was there, Sean, Mark, um, you know, from LaVert, Steve from Troop was there, the Rule Boys were there, and we auditioned. And we had two other guys, but they just quite didn't make it. I was looking to do a four-man, but it ended up being me and Jason. Then the next week we came back, next couple of days we came back and auditioned for his dad. He was like, yeah, man, yeah, man. You know how he talked. <laughs> and so... You know, uh, after that, 89, I, I, our first single didn't come out to May of uh, 1992. So it was a long process, man. It was a long process. So, so you said you didn't, um, you met Gerald in 86 and you didn't see him again in 89? Yep, that's when, that when he saw us. I knew him, I seen him before, but I'm talking about him seeing our talent. Yeah. He, 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 he saw us in 86, but Dude, I didn't see him again till like 89. And then, so you know, like, it took that little, yeah, man. Cause you know, that was that was when Pop Pop and uh, Casanova first took off with that big okay. throwdown album. So, you know, a lot of people think as soon as somebody gets on, they can help you. Yeah. And uh, that that's just not immediately true unless you go in as, you know, 50, 50, part, 50, 50 partners with these labels. You just, an imp, you're an imprint and, you know, you're putting up some of your own money or you got this crazy distribution deal where you can, just put so many artists out a year, then, you know, you have to kind of like still follow protocol as an artist and just get in where you fit in, so. Because also with your group, like he said, he wanted to create a, a group of three big dudes. Like y'all really had a lane to yourselves because there was no other really group with, with two big dudes in it like that. Like when you looked at R&B in the 90s, Ever dudes the with their bodies out and shit, yeah. they in there yeah. just, so y'all had y'all's lane and y'all y'all made it work because y'all was like, hey, we big, we don't care, we're gonna sing your panties off anyway. Man, and we man, we oh my God. <laughs> man, I mean, you know, you when you in during those times, people were brutal to fat people, man. You know, those times and before those times, they were, you know, girls really didn't like big dudes. If they did, it was don't say that. And yeah. if you say if you say something, I'm gonna say it ain't true. I mean, that never happened to me, but I just know that 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 stuff type type of stuff happens. Uh, you know, when people are superficial or their kids or they don't, you know. Now I think the world is a little more liberal and, and people accept everything and don't really make a difference. But back then during those times, you um big dudes weren't getting love like that. You know what I mean? We did. But I mean, I think we made it like Heavy D started off. You know, you had Minnesota with yep. Chubby Checker and 
uh, Fats Domino and stuff like that. But I think it, you know, those were discriminative times where people discriminated against everything during those times. And then Heavy D came, right? But yes. you know, Fats Domino and Chubby Checker, they didn't sing stuff like we sang. Mm -hmm. At least I never heard of it. Then you had two big dudes, a light skin and a dark skin dude. We was always fresh, smelling good hair, man. Yep. Them chicks was like, mm, I need me a big man, girl. Mm. And that's that what it the, was, I really, y'all were really before y'all's time, for real, for real. You yeah. look at it. We coming back though. We about to, we about to steal some more of this time, man. This music that we doing right now is so incredible, man. You know, most of the groups when they redo a song from other era, when guys come back from other eras. Mm -hmm. They sound like they still stuck in that era. Man, yeah. this music is so incredible. Big up to my man, Jay Sean Champion. I call him the orchestrator. That's Jason's little brother, man. He's written from everybody, from Charlie Wilson to Joe to Usher, R. Kelly. Uh, he's written for a million people. And uh, he, he found time to go in the studio with us. And I just said, this time, I was just going to strip everything I learned. You know, I, I put it like this. I'm not saying like I'm the, one of the greatest of all time, but I might be. Um, you know how LeBron has never had a great coach. He always had to administer everything or be the orchestrator for facilitate everything. Like after we left Gerald and I started going to other different situations, I had to lead. I had to produce, arrange all the rest of the stuff, you know, vocally and, and image wise and stuff like that. And nobody guided me. I, I told him what it was and how it was going to be. And that's what it was. But with this record here, I said, man, I'm not going to employ anything that I know. I'm going to, you know, be like men in black and erase my memory, everything I've been doing and whatever you spoon food me, that's what I'm going to eat. And man. So you, you revamped yourself. I can't wait to hear this new music, bro. I can't, I can't wait. wait for you to hear it, doggy. I can't wait for the world to hear it, man. It's, it's, man, it is, it is really incredible, man. You know, um, damn, it's incredible, man, honestly. And, and and starting off as a kid to to like who who influenced you who inspires you to to sing and write music? Um, I would definitely have to say Skip Martin from the Daz Band, okay. uh, Stevie Wonder, of course, uh, Charlie Wilson, of course. Back in the day, Charlie and Stevie, and and of course, you know, because I'm from Cleveland, it was always Gerald and 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 uh, and Eddie. That's my son's dog right there. Oh, you and, uh, you know, just the, the heavy influence of groups that were around, like Odyssey and Company, Glass Tear, you know, seeing them at Woodhill Park, man, perform at Carouge Park, seeing all these bands, man, and, and just the the music, musical prowess these guys had, it was uh, it was inspiring because, you know, I was, it, it's, it's just like, I think, how you how you, you you pretty much set your kids up, and I think my uncle set me up for where I am now. You know, my mom was an off Broadway singer. Uh, my grandfather was a choir director singer. Uh, you know, my uncle slash dad was a DJ, and he got records with the group uh, Sexual Harassment. I need a freak that had that record that has been sampled by everybody from the Black Eyed Peas to Snoop Dogg to Too Short to the Insane Clown Posse to uh just recently uh tigers sampled it uh so you know man kanye west i mean you know um you just you i think you create and, and i've done the same thing with my kids too just kind of especially my daughter uh you know both of them really but when my son got older he kind of wanted to do things on his own so 
peace. <laughs> um, and my daughter, uh, you know, and I believe that if they apply themselves, they'll probably make greater strides than what we did. You know, that's just the way it's supposed to happen. That's the way it normally happens. Um, but yeah, that's long. That's longer than just who my influences were. But yeah, Stevie, most definitely Skip Martin, man, of the Dash man. Oh my God, man. Uh, you know, Gerald, uh, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> man, guys like that, man. That's a that's a hell of a list too, man. And and yeah. I can see they they rubbed off on you, man, because you like I said, you you are one of the most underrated talents we've seen in the music, and you will get yeah. your just do. Trust me, I will write unsung every day if I have to, bro. Let's do I will it. harass the fuck need, out of them. We need we need people to do it. Like you know that that's the thing with us. No, we don't protest unless a white cop does something to somebody black. You know that's the only time we protest Facts. the numbers. If 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 I could get a tenth of the people or five percent of the people that were marching all over the country when George when whatever when what happened to George Floyd, uh man, we'd be on unsung. We have to we have to get people to do it. Everybody say, I want to hear it. I want to see it. When you and Jason getting back together, da, da, da. we go. I can't wait to see what they gonna do. When we put this music out, and they gonna hold up, and blow up. You know what I mean? So I don't know. And, oh, so okay, we're gonna do nineteen ninety two. So y'all first album come out, self titled, Man at Large, came mm -hmm. out June eighteenth, nineteen ninety two. So what was the writing process like for that album? Damn, how you how you get the date? I didn't even know the date. Let me write that down. <laughs> June eighteenth, nineteen ninety two. That process, um, yes. that process for me was kind of tough because. I was nervous. Uh, I was unsure of myself. And hell, I taught Jason, you know, harmony and different stuff like that. But then he went to the School of Arts in, in Cleveland and, you know, kind of surpassed me. So he was a he was red, he was a bad boy when he got to the studio. I was cool, but I was, you know, mediocre, you know, but I was good enough to just hold it down. We complimented each other. And uh, for me, it was rough learning that system. For some reason, man. I was scared every time we went to the studio with this nigga Gerald, man, I was scared. I was scared. And one day he pulled me to the side. He said, man, we know you could do it, but you got to let the mic know. He said that mic can be a powerful, debilitating, emasculating thing, man. It can make you feel like you nothing because you will think you singing something and it, and it come through that mic like garbage. And, uh, you know, that's what, what I dealt with um, throughout the whole thing, uh, you know, we uh we I think we were one of the first guys, if if the not the first, to implement hip hop on everything we did, man. From beginning to end, I don't think it probably was only like one or two, maybe three songs on that album that didn't have a rap on it. You know, I I was I a hip hop fanatic. I'm a hip hop fanatic. I'm a hip hop fanatic. I love skills though. Like when I meet people from New York, I'm telling them I'm from Queensbridge, the 41st side, because I love Mob Deep and Nas so much. You know, so hell yeah. Man, uh, that's just it, man. That that it was it was fun because during the process we got to tour with Gerald and perform with him at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was a learning experience for me, but like like I said, uh, I'm I, let me tell you, I'm vain as hell. So I went and uh, Joe Little show gave me like a couple showed me a couple things to do when I was singing, and I and I was already starting to come out my shell performing. So. Uh, Man, it just turned into a monster. Yeah, oh, nah, shout, out to, shout out to Joe Little too, man. That's my guy, man. Beans, Joey, Joey Beans, Joey Beans, man. And y'all, mm -hmm. and y'all got some great songs. Like it's half and half. Like it's up tempo, and then you got your slow jams too, which is like the perfect combination because y'all came like right on the tail end of New Jack Swing. Like y'all was 
they had the up tempo party tracks. And then you like, hey, mm-hmm. I can slow it down for you too. And then because when I posted, I was interviewing you. Everybody from Ohio started posting the lyrics to so alone under my uh, post. I'm like, y'all childish. Yeah. Y'all, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yo, that's, that's, my, that that's my joint, bro. Like that, I, yeah. I done walked to school. I done broke up the girls with this song. Like it's, I'm like, damn, man, y'all, y'all got an impact. So alone is seven yeah, minutes long of, of sadness. Cause that song really. Yeah. Get- <laughs> yeah that, and that shit was about my mom dying. That's what it was about. And cats used to be like, yo, man, I got so much ass off that song. And it didn't bother me, but I just like to mess with God. I'd be like, damn, dog, that's about my mom. Oh, my bad, my bad, yo. And nah, man, I, it don't matter, man. I just, you learn to appreciate. Like, I had to tell Jazzy Faye one day, he was complaining about his phone ringing so much. And I was like, nigga, what you need to be worried about is when your phone stop ringing. Yes. That's what you got to do, because I've been in that position, man. I had an injury where... The phone wasn't ringing, period, because nobody was going to book me because I was on crutches for like two years, man. So, you know, I've been in that situation, man. So I've learned to take everything that's still coming to me with with humility and uh, to just being ultra, ultra grateful, man, uh, just at the opportunity that I have, that I am still have. Like this thing I'm doing for the NAACP, man, that's, it's a dope connection. You know, you know, sometimes it's not about money. It's about politics and then relationships man you know that because i tell people success today is either you have a huge following mm-hmm. you, you got relationships or either you got money to buy your way through it but if exactly. you got all three you're gonna be taylor swift but if you don't have all three you know I, I i i implore you to try to get them all but you got to use one to get to where, where you got you know exactly so, i don't know and and actually, so alone reached number thirty one on the on the hot one hundred charts, man. So I know when you saw that, you was like, "Yo, we we doing something and, and right." I, and I was kind of mad because it could have went further. Yeah, but people that had control and I ain't gonna throw them under the bus wouldn't push it because of nepotism. I'm like, dog, push the button on that month. Like, dog, are you kidding? Had that thing went number one on the on the one hundred? <sighs> We we be talking a whole different type of soul alone right now. Exactly. Be like I'm man, you know. So, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. I I think that uh, um, you know, all things end, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes they can be resuscitated. Sometimes they can't. But every everything has a life cycle. It does. Um. So. You know, maybe that that ride at that time it was over and it was time to go to something else. You know, you look back on it, or you can just say, you know, cats made the wrong mistake. You know, the mistake with the record, they should have did it because that's how everything else worked anyway, through nepotism. You know what I mean? Every everybody, that's how that's the white man's way. <laughs> so I'm like, pull the trigger, Thunny, pull the trigger. So uh, you know, I just think, you know, in life you get these choices, you know, it's like let's make a deal. Uh, you pick door one, door two, door three, whatever the glory or the fallout is from whichever door you pick, that's what you got to deal with, you know? And I think, yeah. you know, once you, once people understand that, the world would be a better place. Nah, I don't know, man. Who knows? <laughs> man, y'all had some um, very unique, uh, well, y'all had the, you know, the R&B videos is typical. Like you had to, you know, I'm standing in the distance. I'm singing to you. Like, what was your favorite video that you that y'all did? 
I think my favorite video, I'm going to tell you one thing about what I didn't like and that I didn't notice to afterwards is that in any of the videos we did, we never had leading ladies. Like the one video we did with Tommy and Pam from Martin, the holiday video, Yeah, we had two girls in the video and they cut all the footage out. All the footage out. That's crazy. And one of the girls, the girl that was my leading lady in there, she happened to be, she she ended up being on the Wayans Brothers. I was like, oh shit. Remember when, uh, I don't know, you watch Wayne's Brothers with Marlon and Sean. It was the later seasons where he had met the, the chick and she had a son, Dexter, and he ended up um, yes. moving out the way so the dad could come back. Her, she was my leading lady, man. And they cut all that shit out, man. They cut it all out. I don't no, know. I guess they thought we were too fat. Uh, uh, I guess they thought we were too fat, man. Or maybe it might have been too much because in that video, they had Tommy and Pam doing the whole storyline and we were just doing performance shots. But my favorite video would probably be um, let's talk about it. You know, even with my other guy, we did two videos. We did three, three, is it two or three? Two, two or two or three videos with one, two, yeah, if he really loves you in AO. Yeah, two. So uh, you know, uh let's talk about it as my favorite because just because of what might have happened that night and just, it was it was done by um uh, Hype Martin. Uh, you know, it was one of the first guys that he worked with. Um, and it was like about 20, 30, 20 girls and just me and him and the role manager and uh, the video staff. And, you know, it was uh, a great, amazing story that there would happen. You know, we were in the trailer doing breaks, getting high as hell. I mean, we used to smoke like crazy. And uh, all of a sudden, this nigga Jason just breaks out in a sermon. And God said that this, that, and the third, and the Lord said he. Man, this nigga was going crazy. Man, the smoke started clearing, the lights started getting brighter. And if you ever seen the video, these girls had on like the little small tennis skirts and stuff like that mm -hmm. with the panties, the matching panty thing. They start pulling their skirts down over their knees because they was choosing. They was choosing. Somebody was going back to the room that night. They was choosing. And I, and I walked over to him and I said, Hey man, it's our last album, dog. And it was. And it was. Yeah. Until now. <laughs> Until now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I um I think really like y'all's live performances on Arsenio really like got got y'all fan base up too because y'all murdered all y'all performances that you did on Arsenio, it, bro. It, we did, man. The art man, yeah, man. We I think we were on Arsenio like three times. We performed once. We were in the pit when Gerald performed, uh -huh. and we were in the pit another time too. And they would do uh, these these skits that uh, Arsenio would do. Like we was we was in one time. You know how the skit we had at the beginning of the album. We was eating and stuff. He had us doing some of that. Like we, we had like these plastic lobsters and stuff. Like we was eating it and all kinds of stuff, man. You know, and uh, it, it, that, those were great times, man. Those were great times, brother. And Great because y'all are um also one of you're one of Gerald's proteges. Also, he came out with the Rude Boys, and I one feel like Gerald drama. Yep, he, he mm -hmm. I feel like he helped everybody because he will put y'all out and then he'll hop on a couple songs with y'all to help promote. He was like, okay, y'all yeah. may not know them, but they know me. Y'all they gonna listen to y'all. I hop yeah. on here, hear my voice, whatever. So I feel like. We should have got like a, a Rude Boys Minute Large, you know, everything like collab something. Like, I, the closest we came to that was So Alone, in which Joe was on there, yeah. Gerald, 
and you know that was the closest we came to it. And then on "Would You Like to Dance," they were talking in the, at the top of the record, but that's about it. But um, I don't know. I think everybody, you know, you have that elder in the family, and then they die, and uh, everything just kind of goes to hell. I think that's kind of what happened. You know, cats were disgruntled uh, over the business side, uh, and you know, we everybody was just kind of going their separate ways. You know, um, I don't know. I, I could say, uh, I, I don't know, man. That, that's just kind of what happened, man. You know. That's understood. That's understood. And life, okay. what, what I've learned is that life happens, man. And uh, the people that you expect to be there or be around all the time are not going to be there. It's a different day now for whatever reason it is. I don't know why. And then those that you least expect are going to fall out of the sky, man. You know, I, I've been seeing that. That's what I've been seeing lately. So, uh, life, man. <laughs> okay. Y'all, y'all were on East West Records, and that record label was also known for having In Vogue. They had a, you know, couple East other West like Silk. big name DOS Effects. East West Silk, MC Light was on there. That's a a division of We at Warner Electric Atlantic, and uh, so we were under the Atlantic brand, Atlantic uh, label brand. That was a a, a subsidiary of Atlantic East West was. Yep. Were they, were they fair with y'all? Did they, did they let y'all, you know, have control over y'all's um, music? The first, the first album, we didn't have control over shit except for the rap parts. I wrote pretty much all the rap parts, you know, because that was my thing. On the second album, we had more freedom, more, uh, they were more open to our input and creativity. We even did two records by ourselves, the uh, Don't Cry and the Funny Feeling, we did all those by ourselves, you know, um, the, the the vocal production and stuff like that. And that we, they left us in the studio and we did it. Um, and then, you know, like on Don't Cry, Gerald and Keith came and put that thing on it. So, you know, but by that time we had already finished everything. And uh, yeah, but the f- first album was like, man, get that shit out of here. What the fuck is this? Get that out of here. You know, we, we had to be spoon fed. Uh, everything that they, you know, that they that they wanted to give us, they gave us what they wanted to give us. So one one size fits all. So that that album, y'all were pretty much free. Like y'all was like, all right, we can, yeah, we got the respect, so we can do what we want to now. And Man. what was the what was the writing process for that? Being high a lot, eating Philly cheese steaks and. Uh, <laughs> We was high, man, on a lot of that stuff. I mean, I couldn't believe it, man, because I, I didn't grow I grew up watching people smoke crack and weed and stuff, you know, my family. But I was like, I'm never going to smoke weed. I'm never going to get my ears pierced. Man, was, I, smoked that like guy. Chim- I smoked like a chimney and had five holes in my ear. If you look at the videos back in the day. Yeah, man. I was, I totally rebelled from what I started out to be. But, you know, I turned out to be all right, though. You still got your vocals because there's a lot of people that smoke and then that shit, your voice disappears after a while. So you, you definitely I have think what happens it. is, you know, the physicality of it, you know, I, I think it's more than just the, like the alcohol and the liquor. For me, if I get drunk or if I get high, I'm going home. Yeah, I'm not staying out to continue yelling and screaming and straining my body and all that other stuff so I can, you know, nah, I'm, y'all gonna... I'm not doing that, man. So, you know, I, I, I was, did stuff like that sparingly because I want to make sure that this was good, you know, because if you, certain things you put in your body are, you know, like caffeine makes your vocal cords dry. So 
you know, uh, the, the weed is a downer, the liquor is a downer, you know. So when you if you're that relaxed, then you have to work that much harder to get these muscles to pull and, and flap and vibrate to make the beautiful sounds. Oh, shit, that's right there. I didn't know that. I didn't know caffeine drives your voice out. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, chocolate, dark sodas. Um, any, I don't know. Any chocolate, anything chocolate, you know, tea. People think tea, 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 but you might as well just drink some uh, room temperature water or get you some hot water, some lemon juice, some cayenne, and some apple cider vinegar and drink that. Or you can go to the herb store and get you some uh, singer saving grace and just spray that. It'll protect you. Protect your throat. Yeah. Yeah, That's a professional vocalist right here, bro. All right. So, so after, after one size fits all, they all like, there's there's not another album until 1999. What what was happening during that, uh, during that gap? Boy, you on your shit. Uh, During that gap, during that gap, uh, you know, we were touring heavy. And, and kind of really like drifting apart, man. You know, Jason always was with me. This this coming of age allowed him to become a man and, and have his own views and own opinions, his own opinions and his own money. And so, uh, uh, you know, we kind of rumbled a little bit, but, uh, you know, we decided we were cool, but that we didn't break up because of anything in a group. It was some other dumb shit that where we separated. But uh, when he left, um, I went and got another guy and uh, we started touring. We just picked the right where we left off and just started touring and doing all these concert dates. And uh, in between that time, I, I did uh, what about two solo records. <laughs> we did another Minute Large record that went number 14 in 2015 or 16, a record mm-hmm. called Date Night. And uh, Shit, man, living, trying to stay alive. I had a couple of surgeries that, you know, uh, on my hips that could have, you know, went the other way. Uh, you know, coming coming out of it with a uh, nerve damage, infection, all kinds of stuff like that. You know, so man, when we was moving out. and shaking, doing plays, okay, doing plays, a couple movies here and there. Uh, I still was doing radio up till about two thousand, um, so I was covered there. Um, oh man, we were, we were just moving and shaking, really just off the radar, but on the radar. Okay, okay. It's, it's, how how different was it, work, like, from switching out from Jason to working with Gemini? Like, was that a different process? You was like, oh, this guy, like, he's new, so I got to show him kind of the ropes, or what was that like? Well, I, I thought he would fall right into place because he was a singer at home in Chicago, and with the first show we had, he was flabbergasted because it was like 100,000 people outside. It was a festival in West Virginia. And he was just amazed at how they was going crazy. And he was just standing there watching me. And I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so it took, a, it took a few situations and rehearsals to get him on fire on point okay. and uh, get him prepared to do what he needed to do to uh, hold down the fort. Okay, because yeah. when, when, when you and Jason split, the people think that was Jason when he came out. It was like, wait a minute, that's not, that's <laughs> no. not Jason. They knew it wasn't him. Okay. Uh, I heard some funny jokes, though. I'll tell you off camera, some funny <laughs> jokes about him and Jason, the comparison. But, um, you know, as far as, like, talent-wise, those, both of those guys have great 
voices. Um, great voices, man. Jason has a, a great all-around voice. Gemini has that, uh, you know, if he uses it properly, uh, a fantastic falsetto and a, uh, you know, um, um, and he has a nice, and Gemini has a nice baritone too. Jason just has the all-around, you know, everything just about, you know, so, yeah. So yeah, and, and touring a lot is has like what's what's what is your best and worst you know stage moments? Something that happened that was like you was like this is the worst possible scenario. Of this shit. Like, <laughs> shit. Hey. I can say the worst one was it was New Year's Eve in Memphis, and we walked in. The guy was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got y'all, man. I got y'all. I did y'all sound at the time during the show in Cleveland for the Gerald tribute." It was like, "All right, cool." Da, da, da. So from the music. And you know how I guess the DJ had the thing on auto mix. It kept trying to mix our music with what he had on there. I'm like, yo. So then it was it was a packed club. It had to be about 400 people in there, 500 people. So we could go on stage, and you know we stand and we sit on benches and different stuff like that. So then my guy gets ready to sit down in the chair. They finally get the music together. They about to sit down in the chair and roll. The chair breaks and he get stuck down there. And I'm like, oh my God, man. So that was, that was probably the worst. I kept going, we fall down. That, damn, man. <laughs> while we was doing state, while we was doing let's talk about it, I kept going, we fall down. <laughs> that Yo. was absolutely the worst, you know. And then, uh, uh, you know, then I think uh, the best time hasn't probably come yet. I can give you one of them was where Jason and myself were together. We were at Hampton Coliseum and all the dope groups from the 90s, Silk, H-Town, uh, Every Little Thing I Do, You Are Mama, them oh, dudes, uh, everybody, I think Boys the Men was on the show too or somebody, but, and everybody had their mentors there. You know, Keith was there, uh, Heavy D was there with them. And we didn't have no Gerald. So we was like, yo, we got to figure out something to get these niggas super hyped. So the, we used to come out to James Brown, boom, 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 boom. and uh, the big payback. And so we'd be coming out like we were stepping. Man, we was at Hampton College. It was 12,000 people there. We came through the back of the crowd, and it was like, like, and we got up on stage, and when they seen us, they started going crazy, and we... Man, I don't know. That was one of the, that was one of the coldest times, man. That was cold. And then I would have to uh, also this last concert that we did uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was virtual. It 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 felt really different. It felt really good. Me and him being back together. Me and Jason back together after twenty twenty six years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. like twenty six years, man. And uh, being in the studio, it just it just kind of felt good, man. So uh, you know. And y'all still like y'all still look the same. I'm glad y'all didn't, you know, crack down. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be man at large and then go to skinny on the next album. They were like, what the fuck is this? You can't be called you know, people like Fat Joe, he lost weight, he don't even name no more. Yeah, but you know what though? I uh I, I'm pretty health conscious now. You know, I've lost some weight, you know. Uh I continue to stay in that struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh my man has some 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 weight situations he gotta deal with too, just so you know. It'll it'll look the same, so to speak, you know. Um, it's life, though. That's his life. That is that's his life. And um, you know, you go through what you go through. Sometimes that should have hit you and it'll catch up. You like before you know it, you can gain a hundred pounds. You're like, hey, I yeah. can't see my toes on the scale, you know. So, um, 
Yeah, man, we're gonna yes. be good. We're gonna be good. Cause we can sit, we can sit on some stools and murder the whole blood clot show mine and murder it. They wouldn't know what hit them. I can't wait for this, man. Cause y'all, you kept you kept dropping albums. Like, like it's 1999, Love Struggling Process on Rival Records. How was being on Rival different from being on East West? Totally way different. Being on Rival, man, we had to do a lot of stuff on our own, make the phone calls, uh, do this, do that. You know what I mean? As opposed to being on the label, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you have a uh, financial machine backing you. You have PR, you have this, you have that. And money is no expense because they're going to take it out your, your sales and monies before you get it back anyway. With Rival, uh, it, was, it was cool. We had a lot of creative control. We could do what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just didn't have the proper tools in place. And again, I'm not talking about money. We just didn't have the proper tools in place to, um, you know, make this thing work. The way it should work. Because y'all pretty much bounced around on, on record labels. And after that, you went to Pyramid Media and like... Well, you on your shit, ain't you? Kuzan Records, Pyramid. Yep. Yep. Uh, rest in peace, my man Ray Kuzan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passed away, car wreck. Uh, he was this one of the CEOs, him and Wayne, one of the CEOs of Kuzan Records. And this was a situation that Jim and I had gotten some of these people back in Chicago. Uh, with this one, these guys, they didn't listen at all, man. And uh, this album was probably. I, I would give it, uh, in my eyes, it would be tied with one of our first albums as far as like the quality of records that are on there. The, um, you know, that that record was, oh my God, it was it was really good. It was really good. Cause, like, Cause I've been listening to your stuff all day and like y'all song, your songwriting is immaculate, vocals are still there. So I'm like, you're not missing nothing. So I can like that when you, when I saw you and Jason's get back together, I, oh, I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. We need this because R&B is non-existent on the radio. Like they're merging it with hip hop and it's like Man. it's not there. It's just all club bangers. I'm like, can we get a slow jam? Shit. Can we get something? Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. They're they're not. They're trending away from playing slow jams on radio. So we've been advised not to make any super slow love ballad ballads, which, you know, we've kind That's of what we been saying. Yeah, but I, I mean, not the type that the kind we have right now is we got a record called Faded, Say Something, Gravity, and I consider them to be ballads because they like real slow and, and uh, you know, real slow and sexy, man. So the vibe on them is real good. We we sat in the studio this time and we wanted to create a vibe, man, from beginning to end. Now we're just trying to see what the playlist is going to be like when we put it out and what order is coming because it's some some joints on there, V. Can't wait. I can't wait, bro. And um, you pretty popular, you know, in, in the Atlanta area. Like, everybody knows you. I'm, I'm a comedian. People are like, yo, you shade up Dave Tolliver. I'm like, this is one dude I have not ran into. I'm like, how are y'all running into him? Like, everybody knows you from my man, Benny Pitts. He said he knew you. Uh, my homegirl, Lily Fraction. She was like, oh, yeah, hit Dave Tyler up. He'll do your, your, your podcast. I'm like, I'm going to hit him. I'm going to hit him. I love Lily. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Frack. What up, baby? Fracky. <laughs> she, she's like, he's a goofball. He picks on me all the time. I'm like, yeah, he, you seem like the, uh, the stand-up guy. I, that, I was wondering if he did stand-up. People was like, yeah, he funny as shit. 
Man, you know what, man? That's crazy that you say that because I was set to make my comedy debut down here April 13th, April 3rd or something like that because I went to this comedy show and it was all white people and I kept saying stuff and I know it's totally different. So I, I, I would never disrespect the crap of comedy by just jumping up there if I didn't think that I had something. Everybody keeps telling me that, but that's everybody's story. I had sat down and I carefully wrote jokes and... You know, I was going to do my debut April 13th, and then they shut the city down. I was like, damn, it was a small room where, you know, I was kill I was ma I was just saying shit, making somebody make a joke. I'll make a joke right behind them and the room be up. But I mean, that's how it always is, even when I'm performing. But I told cats, I was like, you know, when I sing, I know I can sing. It's, it's no, there's no second guessing that. It's, it's like if you if you doing a comedy, I, I, they expecting you to be funny. If you ain't funny, you getting them crickets. I have to be like singing and I, I, I'll be doing jokes and messing up and they'd be like, sit your big ass down. And, and I, but if somebody did that, I'd be prepared for that because I'm good at cracking jokes. But just the crickets, I'd be like, all right then. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, <laughs> boom, And I'm saying then everybody would be like, okay, okay, fuck it. He ain't funny, but he's fat and he can sing. So I, I would just jump to that. But, um, you know, uh, I, hey, I, I want to see you on stage, bro. I, I, I want that to happen. I got to see you on stage because you, you're a funny dude. I could, I could tell already. <laughs> I'm about to find my little notes, man. I had a, uh, I had, I was writing jokes about places like I got a friend that's from Oklahoma, but she bad as hell. She a fit, and her name is Brandy, D Brandy Hammond, and she got a thing called Brandy Does Fit Better. And she, Jesus, she, her spelling name B A R A N D I H. And she's from a place called Oak Mogi, Oklahoma. Now, and I said, I said, it must, it's got to be some ugly motherfuckers up in there with a city by the name of Oak Mogi. Oak I said, Mogi. you got to, I said, you got to be the prettiest motherfucker there. Cause it, I, we done ran through the South, like Rock Hill, Rock Run and places like that in South Carolina. And ain't a pretty chick in sight up in there. So I said, I was going to go over all the city's names, the ugly city names. I said, there gotta be some uh, Oak Mogi. Oh, 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 that, that's an oh, ugly ass name. Like you, it gotta be some ugly motherfuckers. Ugly ass name, ugly ass motherfuckers there. Yeah, it definitely had to be. That was one, that was something. Like, one yeah. high school, dude, one cop car, everybody the same motherfucker. It's, it gotta be. I gotta, I gotta see this. I'm googling the shit when we get off this. I got Oak Mogi, Oklahoma. Oak Mogi. Like, uh -uh, stop saying that about my city. It's pretty people there. My, I said, yeah, your family. But I said, I bet it's got with a city by the name of Oak Mogi. That's just where they dump all the ugly motherfuckers. Oak Mogi, Rock Hill, Rock Run. There are places like that. It, and I was looking up just like crazy names. It's another place in Oklahoma with a fucked up name like that, too. And I was like, yeah, it's got to be a bunch of ugly motherfuckers there with brown teeth because the water <laughs> fucked up. And, you know, because the irrigation is horrible there. The sewage system is crazy. So they... Man, I remember we would go to them places like that, and people's breath used to smell like they shit it out their mouth, man. I and I, I just don't know what that was all about, man. Oak Mogi, that's Oak some funny Mogi. shit. Oak Mogi, baby. Because if you hop on stage, you'll be like, you'll be one of the uh, few like music artists that decided to pick up comedy. Because you know, my man Positive K, he hops on stage every now and then and, and tells some jokes. Really? Yeah. Man, he, you know what, man? Tell K, I said, what's up, man? Me and him supposed to been hooked up a long time ago, and it's my fault. It's my fault. He'd be like, yeah, anytime, anytime. And I never follow through. I keep it 100. I, I didn't follow through with that one. He, he a good dude. 
you know, it's a lot of these cats from the 80s and 90s hip hop era that probably wouldn't even remember me when I was this 17 year old chubby kid with these thick ass glasses that used to wear a sleeping bag records jacket all the time or my ZAK jacket. I'm saying because I was on the radio with MC Chill back in the day, so I would host all the shows at the front row, whether it be Public Enemy, De La Soul, The Fat Boys, all, all kinds of stuff like that, man. I was always around for that. And then get older and then five, six years later, I'm touring with a lot of these cats. And they don't remember that shit though. Exactly. Damn, it's, I want to see, because K got a, a show coming up at Uptown, man. I, um, I'll tell you the date. Get off, yeah. but, but definitely, I want I definitely want you to pull up to that, bro, because it's it's gonna be funny. It's gonna be ignorant. It's gonna be I'm definitely. Gonna come. I'm definitely gonna come. My I'm man, come. let me know the date. Yeah, I'll be there. If Uh-oh. I ain't gonna record, because we got one more, like about one more week of sessions. Well, we we usually do three days when I go to town. This will be the last hurrah, the last one where we put the finishing touches on everything and. uh Come up with like maybe another two songs, and then that's it. And then you know, we putting that hoe out. Can't wait, can't wait. Um, oh, shit, I ain't gonna hold you all night, bro. Um, thank you for uh, you know sharing these stories with me, man. I'm, I'm gonna put this out. You know, everybody's gonna appreciate this shit again, man, because it, it really needs to be. And um, so pretty much tell people where to find you at. Um, what you got coming? Like anything solo wise, or you gonna yeah, be on a radio yeah. show somewhere? So you said you from Lorraine. Yes. Your last name is Ballard. Are you related to Mark Ballard? Yes. That's what I thought. It, it, that's that's like being living in Oak Mogi. Everybody related to everybody. <laughs> Mark, yeah, Mark is my cousin. That's my cousin. That's my uncle. Yeah, that's my ex-cousin, baby daddy, daddy's sister's uncle, cousin, sister, mama's uncle's grandma. He he, you know he immediate cousin. Like he like I talked to him earlier, like type shit. Like he he's he's in there. <laughs> I said, send me a few thousand with his tight pockets. So, ah, man, man, he won't even give me a dollar. He ain't sending you shit. I know, I know he ain't. <laughs> I know he ain't. Yeah, man, but tell him I said, what's up, man? But uh, everybody can follow me. Um, uh, well, we got this Minute Large album coming out. Uh-huh. Also, I'm, I'm doing uh, some Southern Soul. If people aren't hitting Southern Soul, it's like a bluesy R&B. Uh, you know, I'm doing some of that. Like, if you like Calvin Richardson, Sir Charles, Pokey Bear, Willie Clayton, shit like that. Mine ain't gonna be as country as those cats, but it's gonna be on that vibe. Uh, like I said, again, the Minute Large album. Uh, man, we got just just a bunch of stuff on deck. Uh, I'm recording that Southern Soul right now. And uh, if you wanna, I, I'm, I'm on Instagram and Twitter every day, all day. Uh, at Dave Men at Large, at Dave Men at Large. And uh, on Facebook, it's just Dave Tolliver. Follow me, man, because I post everything on all the sites all day and day. And that's what we're doing. Bet. That's what what I'm talking about, bro, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you, Dave. Don't hang up yet after this. Thank you. Um, My man, good looking. Thank thank y'all so much for tuning in to the Love to Laugh podcast. We are appreciating R&B. This is R&B appreciation. So make sure y'all check out Dave, follow him. Get ready for a new minute large album because it's gonna be fire. I already know it is, man. Ohio breeds beast, and we will continue to. So thank y'all for tuning in to the Love to Laugh podcast. I am Marlon Ballard. Peace.